1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com
0: slash recommend today. Al Palowski with us at Valley Sports Great Lakes. Al, I told Spencer, fine, color me bad, and he spared you. We did not have that in the system.
1: Thank goodness.
0: <laughs> One of the all-time greats of uh, 90s R&B, and we did not have that in the system. I'm... <laughs>
1: I don't know about all time greats. I would use that loosely,
0: but you know, to, to each their own. What? <laughs> what? I, I just we was just thinking about this, and we'll get to everything. You know, Guardians, and somehow, some way, Juan Soto is kind of tied into it a little bit here. But take take the Juan Soto part out of it for a second. Would you take any job at all if if you had to make a fifteen year commitment?
1: Well, I mean. It depends what they would pay me, but <laughs> but
0: uh what if it was four hundred forty million dollars?
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be fine. I would, uh, I'd be okay with that. I think I could make that work. Um I think I'd feel all right with that moving forward. So, yeah, I got to tell you, if you offer me four hundred forty million for fifteen years, I'm probably going to take that. That's that's probably let's let's go about ninety eight percent of surety rate on that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that would be. That would be something. All right, Al Pulowski joining us here on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, and I'll just say this. this it was Last night was a little tough, but it's been an exciting doubleheader in this AL Central race. First off, thank goodness we're in the AL Central, and it's been an incredible race here between the Guardians, White Sox, and the Twins.
1: Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, it's been a fun race. It's been one that maybe is a touch unexpected, especially on, on the Minnesota Twins and perhaps Cleveland Guardians' side. I felt like the Guardians would be competitive this year, and they are, uh, especially in this division. Now, if they were in the American League East, of course, that's a different story, but they're not. And, and the, when the move was made, let's you know go back to from 93 into 94 when the old AL East and West split into three divisions. And Dick Jacobs took his team and went, said, it's fine, we'll go to the Central, even though Detroit uh, expressed some reservations. They wanted the old rivalries with New York and Boston and, and, and so forth. But there were still teams like the Toronto Blue Jays, for example, that wanted to stay in the East. And, you know, the Baltimore Orioles, they wanted to, you know, they were in the East anyway, but they wanted to make sure they stayed there. Well, if Cleveland would have stayed in the East, how different would the last thirty years or so been? Uh, it 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 have been a lot different. So they're in the division that is still paying dividends. That are very similar outside of Chicago market-wise to themselves. You got Minneapolis, you got Kansas City, you got Detroit, you have Cleveland, all very similar. Uh, thank goodness the White Sox for the most part suffer from inept management, both on the field and off, for most of the time. So that's allowed the the, the Guardians and the Twins and some years the Royals and the Tigers to be competitive. So, yeah, it's been fun. It's been great. I love a division like this. and It should keep people in Cleveland and markets like ours extremely happy because you're going to be in the hunt most years if you have competent management. And Cleveland has some of the best in all of pro sports.
0: Yeah, and it's just, we talk about it year after year after year, and I know some fans get up in ours. Our big conversation this week has been about Juan Soto, and it, that news or particularly has caught national attention that the Guardians could cons- possibly be in the hunt, and I can't really make a case for them to be in the hunt for Juan Soto uh, just based on past history, but is there any case that could be made that they could be in the sweepstakes, even short-term, to uh, trade for Juan Soto? Well,
1: sure. Here's the one, Anthony, for the optimists out there. If you really want Juan Soto, take a look at the prospect hall that Cleveland could provide to Washington, which they are demanding for Juan Soto. Cleveland has as good of a prospect package could put one together as anybody in Major League Baseball. So they have the prospects to do it. They have the salary cap space to do it, too. Um, look, at their, look at their payroll. Even Jose Ramirez, one of the superstars of the game, has the most superstar-friendly contract with Cleveland. So you could, in theory, for the next two and a half years, add Juan Soto and, and have the prospect package to do it. Now, would you want to do it? That's the other question. Just stripping everything away, would you want to plug Juan Soto into the, in the four-hole behind Jose Ramirez in this lineup? Of course, he would fit perfectly He would be a tremendous fit to this lineup. He would make Cleveland probably the instant favorite to win the American League Central this year because his bat is what this team, pretty much every team in baseball, could be using. That being said, uh, Washington is also rumored to, and from what I understand it, it's more than a rumor. It's true. They want to stick Patrick Corbett in the deal. That's dead money. Uh, He is absolutely horrific the last couple of years. He's been the worst starter in baseball the last two years. And he cost a lot of money. So they want to dump that contract. They want a, a good prospect haul, which Cleveland could provide, but still you've got to decide do I want to give those prospects up? Do I then want to take on not just Juan Soto's deal? And even though you don't have to pay him four hundred and forty million for fifteen years and you control him for the next two and a half, he's still going to arbitration. You're still looking probably in the next couple of years at twenty to twenty five million a year. And then you've got wasted money in Corbett. So now that's another what? Fifteen million per year, about. Uh, so you're looking at somewhere between thirty-five to forty million commitment for Juan Soto could be done, but then everything's got to work out too. You're going to be giving up prospects that are probably going to make it. Uh, you make got to make sure that the ones that you give up aren't the ones that you're going to be needing later. So can it happen? Yes. Will it happen? I would say probably not, just because the final piece to this: Do you want to make that sort of a commitment to one guy? And if that one guy gets hurt and it does happen, you're back to square one, and now you're down money and you're down all those prospects. So there's a big gamble there. It could happen. I just don't think it
0: will. Uh, Al Palowski here with us, uh, Anthony Alfred here with you. Uh, uh, one last question on the Juan Soto, then we'll move forward here. Uh, is there any concern beyond the two-and-a-half years that you know even – you know, you're going for a championship, obviously, I would imagine, if you bring him in for the two and a half years. But, you know, the Guardians, you talked about the long term success and being competitive. Is there any concern at all that maybe he, that would be in jeopardy beyond the two and a half years?
1: You know, I don't think so, Anthony.
0: As long as you, do, you know, now
1: Washington wants a haul right now, and we'll see what, what other teams offer. But the longer they hold on to watch Soto, the longer they wait for the perfect package the lower his value gets because each day that goes by is one less day you have control of him. Um, but I don't think it would because Cleveland has so many prospects right now, especially in the middle infield. So let's say they would have to give up a couple of those and a pitching prospect or two. Washington also wants major leaguers. So let's say let's say you got to give up five players. I think that's probably going to be the magic number for Soto, and then you'd have to take on Corbin. You're giving up... Probably, let's just, and I'm just throwing names out there hypothetically, Gabriel Arias most likely is in that deal. Washington is probably going to ask for Nolan Jones as well. They're going to probably ask for Gavin Williams, who is looking phenomenal right now with double-A Akron as a pitching prospect. And then you're going to have to throw in probably somebody like, uh, dare I say, Tristan McKenzie, but that's what Washington's going to ask for. If not him, Zach Plesak, and then one more good prospect, maybe Brian Rocchio. Okay, that's going to deplete you a little bit, but you still have a lot of other good players here. And the way Cleveland works, they probably won't keep him for the full two and a half years. They keep him for obviously the rest of this year, maybe through all of next year. and Then they trade him and still get some sort of a return on the back end. So you would give up a lot. You'd still have a lot left. And then you would still get something for Juan Soto when you move him before he becomes a free agent.
0: I, I was on board, and then you said Nolan. Jones. I love Nolan Jones. Nolan Jones is my I know, dude. I,
1: I don't want to trade him either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, Nolan Jones is my dude. I, I've watched him ever since uh, his days with the Lake County Captains, and uh, I, I I love what he's been what he's been doing. You tweeted something that was pretty interesting. I, I thought about it yesterday during the games uh, oh. about why the Guardians, you know, are, are over five hundred and they're the youngest team in baseball something that I lack which is patience <laughs> and, and, and how bad and how offensively uh they are you know they're waiting and they're willing to um wait for the right pitch and make that contact talk a little bit about uh this offense and why they've been able to just be patient and wait for the right opportunities
1: well what what I love about this team is First of all, as hitters, they're mature beyond their years with their approach at the plate. The one thing they lacked in in general, I'm going to make some general blanket statements here about the offense. They lack power as a unit. Um, They also maybe at times lack a little bit, just a touch of situational hitting like all teams do in Major League Baseball. All right, Those are the negatives. Positives are they have incredible play discipline for their age. Rarely do they venture outside of the strike zone to swing at pitchers. Ahmed Rosario does, but Ahmed Rosario, since June 1st, has the second most hits in all of the American League behind Jose Abreu. Uh, so two months running now, Ahmed Rosario is, is is getting you a ton of hits. So fine. Jose Ramirez ventures out of the strike zone on occasion because he rarely gets good pitches to hit. Fine. But the young kids that have come up, like Stephen Kwan, like – Oscar Gonzalez, like Nolan Jones especially, I mean, he right behind Quan, I mean, talk about patience. These, these guys, and other young guys too, it's not just them, but other young guys on the team, Miles Straw, he, I know he's not hitting where Cleveland would like him to hit, but he doesn't swing at bad pitches. So what, what that does is that makes the pitcher work, it makes the pitcher throw more pitches, eventually that makes an opportunity for a mistake pitch over the plate. They're ready to pounce when that happens. They take the ball where it is pitched. They're willing to hit the line drives. So when you do that, you put pressure on the other pitcher. Let me give you a statement that Bob Wickman gave to me 15-so years ago, just before he was about ready to retire. We did a a long half-hour piece on him when Sports Time Ohio just began. The question I asked Bob was, it's the ninth inning. There's two outs. There's a runner in scoring position. You're up by a run. Who's the last person you want to see come to the plate? He thought for a second, and he said, Michael Young. And he said, because Michael Young isn't going to try to hit a home run off me. Michael Young's going to hit a line drive somewhere, and those are the toughest guys to get out. That's what pitchers don't want to see. They hate the pesky guys. They hate the guys that make them work. You can talk to just about any pitcher. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about Juan Soto. Do you want to face him? No. Uh, Do you want to face a a guy like, uh, you, you know, Rodriguez in Seattle that just came up? Do you want to face guys like that that can can take you out of the park no you don't want to face them but you would rather face them than the guy that's going to come up there and hit a line drive off of you because they have more holes in their swing and they're easier to pitch to i know it seems like it's old school baseball but gosh darn it look at this team this year as young as they are youngest team in baseball and they are two games out of first place in the central they're three games above 500 they're right in contention they should be for the rest of the season and these kids are all still growing. They all still should get better. They have not reached their peak. They are not finished products. And that's because of their plate plate discipline, their approach to hitting, and their discipline within the strike zone because they put pressure on other pitchers. And that's the last thing that those pitchers want to see is a guy up there just trying to hit line drives off.
0: Al Palowski here with us. Anthony Alpha here with you. Final question, are the – a valuable experience this last weekend. We're a week removed from the All Star break, and the Guardians All Stars looked phenomenal up and down. Uh, how valuable was that experience uh, last week well, in Los Angeles?
1: Yeah, for guys like you know Jimenez and Classy, you know Jose is is Jose. I don't, he is uh, he's at the peak of his game already. But but to get that opportunity and to know you belong and get some. Validation for what those two have done in becoming leaders of the team this year. I mean, we talk about good contact hitters, Andre Cimenez, who also can hit for power. I mean, that's that's the ultimate package you want: is a guy that is a good contact hitter but can hit for power. You know, the 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 special kind of guys, the guys like you know Don Mattingly with the Yankees, he can hit for average, he can hit for power, like Jose Ramirez, he can hit for average, he can hit for power. Andre Cimenez is developing into that sort of a hitter. He's not there yet, but he's. I mean, he is—he's already an all-star, and you might say, "Well, how is it that he is already an all-star?" And you're saying he's not there yet. The kid has even more potential to grow. That's what's scary about him. That's why the Mets did not want to include him in the Lindor deal. But Cleveland said, "You're not getting Lindor unless you do." I mean, I'm, I'm summing up probably a month or two of a conversation, but that's basically the way it went. So the Mets gave him. They gave us Andre Cimenez, probably to their chagrin, about this time because he's produced more than Lindor has. So Andre Cimenez. You know, going to the All-Star game, knowing now that he belongs, seeing him play with confidence, I mean, it's he's going to be such an important key for this offense and for this defense moving forward. He is a core piece of this Cleveland Guardians, hopefully next four- to five-year run that you're going to see here.
0: I, I Let me leave you with this. Al, I know you used to DJ weddings in the past. <laughs> Did you have... You didn't consider once playing Color Me Bad when you were DJing weddings? like Not, not even one time?
1: I, I might have played it, but I did it under duress. <laughs> it, it's because it was requested and I felt I had no choice. You know, I said, hey, look, why don't we play a little Grover Washington Jr. instead? You know, maybe that didn't go over so well. So, okay, fine, we'll play this. I had other stuff there. I mean, I I had I had a whole thing of 45s. I had my vinyl. CDs were just coming in to, to be in a thing. We had it. We had a nice CD package, too, but, yes, I, I may have played it once or twice, but, again, it wasn't by choice.
0: <laughs> Favorite song you ever played at a wedding?
1: Oh, God, You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC. Everybody loves it. Everybody dances to it. It doesn't matter when you play it. Um, and then the other thing, Anthony, as a DJ, if you ever play oldies, you always win. Like, nobody gets upset with you for playing oldies dances from, like, the 50s and 60s. You can play rock around the clock. That's another one, and everybody will still get on the dance floor and and go to it.
0: Oh, that's fantastic, Al Pulowski. You'll hear, you'll see him and hear him, uh this afternoon, one thirty. Guardians live with Jensen, and uh, first pitch at two ten. Guardians and White Sox. Uh, Al, appreciate you joining us, and uh, we will get color banner in the system next time.
1: <laughs> Double A, my friend. It is great to talk to you. Uh, I will talk to you again, and I hope you never get that song in your system. <laughs>
0: Thanks again, Al. Al Pulowski joining us here uh, (laughs) on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today